Welcome to Maximize Your Influence, your resource for the top persuasion, influence, and negotiation techniques that will help you maximize your success in life and business. And now, here are your hosts, Kurt Mortensen and Steve Olson. Welcome to episode 165 of Maximize Your Influence. I'm Steve Olson along with Kurt Mortensen here. Kurt is across the world in the nation of Qatar, training companies and doing his persuasion thing, eating hummus, and enjoying the fact that he's not here in the U.S. for the post-election riots because evidently half the country thinks it's now the apocalypse because we have a new president of the United States, Donald Trump, who very, very few people saw that coming. How you doing, Kurt? Hey, I'm alive, well kicking, eating some good food. It's uh, been amazing up here. It's, it's 90 degrees during the day, 75 at night, seafood everywhere, because everything's on the coast. But I do have to update, because everyone asks me, is it Qatar? Is it Qatar? And so I've been asking around, because everyone has their opinion, but the locals call it Qatar. Qatar. So it's kind of neither one are quite right. It's kind of in between. It's Qatar. <laughs> Cut up. So now that you know, when you need, meet someone, a Qatarian, Qatarese, Qataran, anyway, I don't know what that official word is. Wonderful people, wonderful food, doing some great training here. They are hungry for personal development, and they just soak it up like a sponge. It makes it easy. The translation part's hard, but other than that, it's been a really great trip. That's pretty cool. So how much longer are you out there for? Oh, another it's a seven-day seminar, so... <laughs> You're glutton for punishment. You want to hear me talk for seven days. Come on out to this side of the world. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> Have any of them had anything to say to you about the political situation here in the U.S.? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, what do they some say? Were, well, some were thinking after the victory, like, oh, can we travel? Is it okay? Is it going to be safe over there? I'm like, that's why I'm over here. It's going to be safer here than it is over there after the election. It didn't matter who won. <laughs> they were going to be riots and things happening. I was a given, right? Just how yeah. polarized people are and how the election went. All commented that everyone they had talked to felt that it was just two bad choices. That was a common theme I heard quite a bit. And the other one was, they're just glad it's over. Can we move on? <laughs> so they feel the same way we do. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. They just yeah. like talking about it. And it was interesting. <laughs> We're going to get into that a little bit more here in a couple of minutes. I want to remind everybody to go check out universityofpersuasion.com, where for less than the cost of a Honda Civic, you can become a powerful persuader. We send out daily reminders, daily lessons that keep you fresh, keep you sharp, so that when the time comes to persuade, you've got the right tool. Because when it's time to persuade, it's too late to learn. It's exactly right. It's just very simple. There's free memberships there's different variety of memberships depending on what you're looking for also the archives to all the podcasts is available there to the free membership that you can go back and and learn at least a tool a day at least a tool a week and every tool you learn is going to make you more successful it'll matter it matters guys next time you have a persuasion encounter and you listen to an old podcast or you checked out one of the lessons we've got on there your brain's going to wake up and say hey I read something about this a couple of weeks ago. I'm supposed to do X. I'm telling you, it makes, mm -hmm. it makes a difference. So that's why we harp on it. We do our cheesy segues and, and our shameless promotions, as always. Yeah, like it. Yep. So 
on today's episode, basically the main part of the show, we're going to do an interview with Dr. Steve Jones. He's going to talk a little bit about hypnotism and how you can actually make your life better through hypnosis. So it should be pretty interesting. I think I'm definitely looking forward to that one. But in the meantime, we need Kurt to do what he does best and to cue up the ninja. Oh, ninja go. Yeah, we don't say you have to like ninjas. We don't say you have to dislike them. All you have to do is sit back and, in an unbiased way, judge if they are a ninja or not. And, you know, wherever you sit on this thing, Donald Trump is, you know, he's wearing all black. He's got a katana blade. He's doing flips. He's a bona fide ninja. It's uh, pretty amazing what he was able to do here. What do you think about that, Kurt? It's interesting as I looked at this thing neutrally that he has to be the ninja because he never had a chance ever. He was, oh, he's running. That's a joke. Oh, I'll never win the party. Oh, well, he'll never be president. And he was always the underdog. And I think that's probably the thing that motivated the most. If they said you're going to win, he probably wouldn't have wanted it. <laughs> and he had everything against him. The media was against him. I mean, very vocal people. And he didn't even spend as much money, which is the interesting thing. I mean, last numbers I saw, I think Hillary's at about $1.3 and he was like 700 million. So they didn't even spend as much. Pulled it off. So anyway, you slice it and dice it, then the shock of him winning, and wow, you've got to give it to him. Whatever he did, the campaign he run, and how he resonated with the people he needed to resonate with, yeah, anyway you slice it, you've got to make him the ninja. We've talked a lot about on the podcast about the power of stories and how persuasive they are. I think one thing I do appreciate about this ninja is he comes from a business background. He's a sales guy, right? He puts together mm -hmm. deals. That's been his career. A lot of people are going to send me hate mail about that. They're going to say, no, he's a scam artist. Okay, I know you don't like Donald Trump. That's fine. Send me your hate mail. But he, he told a story. You know, he talked about his narrative that America is down and out. We need to make it great again. And he stuck to it. And a lot of people made fun of that. But like you said, Kurt, well, enough people liked it. <laughs> enough people liked it and it mm -hmm. hit home and uh, nobody gave him a chance. And it was pretty shocking to watch those returns roll in last night uh, here stateside. You were blissfully unaware over in Qatar. I was. Yeah, but... That's why right. It was very nice. I woke up and called my wife and said, now who won? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's the way to do it. Interesting. And I agree with what you were saying is the story he told, but I think he also had a... The ability to connect. If you look through the, the filter of, well, who's party and you have to vote for the party, there's no doubt he's better at connecting with people. And that's, I think, one of the things that he had. And that would be years of being influenced and persuaders. It's just this natural thing. Versus Hillary, as we all know, she just didn't connect as well with people. Uh, no, she didn't. And, and the people that love her are going to accuse you of blasphemy. But it, it shows in the <laughs> results. She, she didn't get it done on the connection front. And and that's what's funny is a lot of people thought Trump wasn't getting it done on the connection front. He's a, a bombastic New York billionaire that nobody can relate to. Uh, apparently that wasn't the case. Yeah, I guess not. I mean, even Hillary's campaign admitted that she's having some connection problem. But yeah, if you could take the blinders off a political party and really take a look at it, it was a fascinating campaign and it was interesting what happened and who won and who lost and who had people on their side and who didn't. But the the emotional attachment to a political party has really destroyed a lot of people versus really seeing things. So being neutral and taking a look at it, it's been a fascinating thing to watch. But hey, 
I am glad it's over. It's going to be studied for a hundred years, right? The, this election and and how it went down, and and uh, especially given the fact that, like you, like you said, the media didn't give him a chance. Nobody really, if you watched the media, a whole bunch of people in, in most of the states didn't care. So Donald Trump is our ninja. That is over. And we are going to take a six-month break from politics. <laughs> Mandatory six-month break. Not going to talk about it at all. There could be fantastic ninjas and just excruciatingly awful blunders. And we will just fly right past those. I'm going to stick to the business world now. Yeah, done with that one. Let's move on. Let's move on. So why don't we now introduce our guest. We're going to cut over to our interview with Dr. Steve Jones. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Maximize Your Influence. This is Kurt Mortensen, and we have a great guest today, Dr. Steve G. Jones. He is a clinical hypnotherapist, NLP trainer, life coach, and LOA expert. He is the founder of the American Alliance of Hypnotists, American Union of NLP, and the Global Sciences Foundation. Dr. Jones has his doctorate in education from Georgia Southern University, and he's also studied psychology at Harvard. He has created thousands of self-help recordings, programs, and certification courses to empower others. We are privileged to have you. Welcome, Dr. Steve. Well, thank you, Kurt. Good to be here. Glad to have you. Now, Dr. Steve, your focus is always NLP and, and hypnosis, and we'll talk about that. But before we do, our listeners need to know, on the planet right now, what is the worst vegetable out there? Well, when I was a kid, that's a great question, by the way. When I was a kid, this used to be a vegetable. I think it's a fruit now, but I'm going to go with tomato anyway, because that, to me, a raw tomato is the worst. I know it's a fruit technically, but it's the worst vegetable in my mind, because that's the way I learned as a kid. And now if you stew it, it takes the evil out of it. it makes, <laughs> like in tomato paste and stuff like that, but raw tomato, no thanks. No, thanks. So you're good with ketchup then? Ketchup's fine. And my dad used to always ask about this. Hey, you like ketchup? You like spaghetti sauce? Why won't you eat a raw tomato? And I, I said, there's something, there's something about it that when you cook it, it takes that bad part out of it. Oh, I know what it is. In those salads that your parents made you eat, because I went through the same thing. There was that slimy, gooey, I'm going to use the word snotty tomato yeah. <laughs> there that you had to eat, and there's no way to get rid of that texture. Yeah, it's just not right. <laughs> That's what it was for me. <laughs> All right, good answer, good answer. You're bringing back emotional scars from my childhood. But anyway, we're moving on. I can on. heal them. I can heal them. <laughs> there we go. That's why you're on the show, to heal me from all the vegetables I don't like. Yes. <laughs> well, let's talk about this. So you do a lot with hypnosis and NLP. Some people combine those worlds, which you're doing, but what is the difference between the two? Well, hypnosis is reprogramming the subconscious mind. So we want to bypass the critical factor, the conscious mind, get to the subconscious mind. NLP is doing that also. But hypnosis does it in a more, I'd say, obvious way. Sit down, lie down, close your eyes, relax, take some deep breaths. You're going deeper and deeper, that kind of thing. Whereas NLP, a lot of it happens covertly without the person even realizing it, without them being in hypnosis NLP is able to affect the subconscious mind by using words in 99% of the cases where someone is, as far as they know, completely awake and alert, yet you're still contacting the subconscious mind with NLP. I like that. That's a great definition. So how do you feel hypnosis and NLP is going to help people become more successful in their lives? Well, there are a lot of ways to do it. Hypnosis and NLP in particular have become huge bodies of knowledge. Just, I mean, Every day, even as we're doing this interview, someone's adding on to both of those bodies of knowledge. 
One of the simplest ways to use it, the way I like to use it, is to have someone relax into hypnosis and start thinking about their future and thinking about the positive, powerful future they're going to create for themselves six months from now, a year from now, and go ahead and anchor that good feeling with NLP by creating a Pavlovian type anchor, you know, making the OK sign with the right hand and saying the word confidence. And so anytime you feel a lack of confidence in your attempt to get wealthy along the way, you just make that OK sign with the right hand, say the word confidence, and it reminds you of that compelling future that you're moving toward. Now, I can do that with someone outside of hypnosis. If I do that anchoring technique inside hypnosis, it's called future pacing combined with anchoring inside of a hypnosis session. It's just much more powerful. That's interesting, and that's always important to have that confidence like you mentioned. What would you recommend to our listeners? They're going to that big presentation. They're a little nervous. I know they should probably do it ahead of time. I mean, that's important. But what if they're right there, they're feeling nervous, and they want that confidence that you talk about? Well, yeah, the prep ahead of time is definitely necessary. So what you'll want to do is before you do that big presentation, go ahead and think of a few times in your life when it went well. So now we're going back to the past, and we're drawing on the past, which we can also do with NLP and hypnosis. So they just think about one time, let's say, one time when they spoke in front of a group of people and they felt good about themselves. doesn't mean they have to have hit a home run, blown the audience away or anything. It just went well and they felt good about themselves. Maybe it was in first grade. They stood up and talked in front of people. Who knows? But think about that time. Make it very real in your mind and increase the sights, sounds, smells, everything about it, every sensory thing about it to a level 10 so you can really experience it. And then go ahead and anchor it, like I said, making the okay sign with the right hand, saying the word confidence. And so that creates a bridge between wherever you are now and that particular event in the past. So you can have that power from the past. When they find themselves just about to give that presentation, they can just make the okay sign, say the word confidence, and they're bridged back to that time when everything went well. And they should be able to use that in the presentation that they're currently doing. That's a great point. I spent some of my time teaching people how to do persuasive presentations. And the interesting thing is they're doing the exact opposite in first grade when they tripped and fell and everyone laughed and they blew it. And that's replaying in the brain and all those negative emotions come. So I'm curious, and I don't know if you know the answer to this, is why is our brain program always to go to the negative, the bad experiences, all the things that could go wrong versus what you're talking about, focusing on the things that did go wrong or should go right? Well, I think the reason we oftentimes go back to times that things went wrong is our subconscious mind is always attempting to save us from pain. And so if we remember a time that it didn't go well, then we use that as evidence that it won't go well in the future. And this is very helpful in some cases, like hot stove. You touch it one time, you, you learn, you remember, you don't do it anymore. Going out in traffic, maybe you almost get hit, you learn, you don't do it anymore. It's really a good thing that our subconscious mind does this. It remembers the times that we had challenges with certain types of things to avoid that happening again. So that's why it does that. And that's clearly why we need to rewire things. We want to have success. Great point. In your mind, what is the biggest mistake or blunder don't, don't, don't. that people make on the road to be successful? Because everybody wants to be successful and wealthy and healthy. That subconscious mind kicks in, all those emotion kicks in. What do you feel is the biggest mistake or blunder people just naturally make? Well, I think a big one is it's a strategic and logistical blunder that I see a lot, which is people wanting to come in at the top. So, for example, people see someone who's successful and they see 
maybe me, they see me on the Millionaire Matchmaker and Bravo's Below Deck as a millionaire and written up in Forbes as a millionaire. And they think, okay, well, I've got to come in on top. Not realizing that just like most bands that you hear of, the 20 years before that where there wasn't that much success is what they have to go through oftentimes to get to the top. So people think, well, I'm just going to come in at the top. I can do this. And all I have to do is do exactly what that person's doing now. Let's see. They're buying nice cars. They're uh, going to exotic places. And all I have to do is stuff like that. And that, to me, is a big mistake to think that if you want to be like your hero, you just come in and just start doing what your hero is currently doing. What you need to do is take apart, dissect, analyze what they did to get from where you are to where they are and start doing those things. And those things you can do probably faster than they did it because now you can see it all laid out. Whereas the person becoming successful couldn't see it because it hadn't happened yet. You can see it all and so you can condense a little time. But the biggest mistake I see is people wanting to come in and be just like their hero and have all the accolades right off the bat. And if they don't get that, they just throw up their hands and they say, well, this isn't working. Mm, that is so true. That's human nature right there. Yep. They see the millionaire. Oh, that looks easy. It was easy for them. But if you talk to the millionaires, they're all going to tell you about their 10 greatest failures. Yeah. <laughs> all the things went wrong, oh, yeah. how hard it was. Yep. That's a great, great point. Thanks. Thanks for sharing that one. One thing that you uh, have written about is hypnotic sales mastery techniques. This is, we're talking about self-persuasion today. Are there, are there any specific techniques that you would share to our listeners that are out there influencing and persuading, selling and negotiating that could really help them out to take their persuasion skills to the next level? I think the easiest and simplest and most powerful one is anchoring. Let's say, for example, you're attempting to get a contract signed and you you're a salesperson, you present a contract to a company to sell them a bunch of widgets for the next five years, and the company is maybe not so sure about it. Well, anchoring is very simple, and it starts with the premise that what you're promoting is actually good. You're not trying to deceive anyone. You're not trying to sell them something that's not good. You have something that's good, and you want to convince them that it's good because you know in your heart that it is good for them. So the way it would work in very simple terms is, let's say you're in front of a, a board and they're at a table and you're presenting to the, the board members, and you're showing them your contract, and the contract is on the table. The physical contract is on the table. That's very important in anchoring to have something physical that people can see. And so every time you say the word wonderful or amazing, you're touching the contract. The idea here is to anchor them to feel that there's some connection between wonderful and amazing and good and awesome and whatever other positive words you can use. And the reason you're creating that link for them is you're touching the contract every time you say that. Now, the way to do this is not to say, this is a good contract. This is an amazing contract. The way to do it, in fact, is to talk about something else. You know, I had an amazing vacation the other week. And when you're saying the word amazing, you're touching the contract. I had a, a very good meeting with so-and-so the other day. And as you're saying the word good, you're touching the contract. So you're talking about things other than the contract, but you're using those key words as anchoring opportunities to anchor their subconscious mind to feeling that the contract has certain attributes. Great point. Great point. Anchoring is a powerful thing. And that's a great explanation on how to use that, especially when you're in there talking to people, watching your mindset, using anchors will be a great technique to help people persuade. So let's talk a little bit about fears. I mean, one thing you've mentioned that I noticed was the fear of success. 
which is an amazing thing that people are afraid of a nice home or a nice car. How big is that fear? How, how do people know if they really have it and how would they uh, deal with it? Well, you can get some data points on this with certain things. You can look at money in the bank. Let's say someone has a very basic portfolio. They have their checking account and their savings account. And they can look at how much saving their savings account is, how much money they have in the bank. They can get data points on this. And at a certain point, they may notice it going down or stagnating. And sometimes that can be correlated to certain events. And I believe, just like with weight loss, with weight loss, you can get data points. You can get the weight uh, or you can get the uh, percentage of body fat. And so if they start correlating that with certain events, certain times that they are having success, maybe with weight loss, people were saying, oh, you look very attractive, and then the weight starts going back up. Or with money, maybe they're building up a certain amount of money, and people started expecting more of them, or started looking up to them as more wealthy people, then the money starts going down. Well, these are indicators of what I call thermostats. And the reason we have thermostats, which regulate our weight and our money, just like a, a house gets regulated on its temperature, the reason we have those is because we have a comfort zone. And just like a thermostat is programmed to have a comfort zone, which you set, you know, you want it around 70 degrees or 75 degrees, thermostat's going to kick in to keep it right around there. And so a thermostat will kick in to keep your weight at a certain level and your money at a certain level because outside of that range, you don't feel comfortable. Sometimes this happens because parents say, oh, rich people are terrible people and the rich are going to hell or, you know, whatever parents or society may say about rich people that you take in without realizing it. So you start becoming rich and you think, wait a minute, rich people are bad, they're evil, they do bad things, they're corrupt. I've got to bring that back down. So you start maybe gambling or missing out on opportunities to make more money, things that will bring your money down. These happen subconsciously. Same with the person losing weight who isn't comfortable with the attention. Maybe they had some unwanted attention from someone when they were younger and it didn't really go so well. And so they realize that when they become more attractive, the odds of that go up. They realize this subconsciously, so they started gaining weight. The way to get around this is through subconscious programming so that you can rewire all of that. So true, so true. We see that with those who are on commission that people earn what they feel they're worth. Now, everybody denies that, of course. Well, that's not true. But it's so true. Even in the sales arena, if someone thinks they're an $80,000 a year person – and it's October, they made 80000 they're excited to make more. Like you talked about, they're self-sabotaged. Things happen. It doesn't work. They wanted to. They thought they could do it. So if someone senses they might be in that situation, any quick tips to get them past that hurdle, like that thermostat you talked about, because it's just going to always get back to the 70 degrees or to the $80,000, what tips or pointers do you have? Well, I believe it's not something that would be handled in the moment. I mean, ideally, you would look at it and say, oh, wait, I'm losing money. I should do something right now. But that would just be more of a Band-Aid. The, the real way to fix it is to really get clear with yourself. And sometimes, you know, this happens in therapy sessions, mainstream talk therapy. It can happen with hypnosis. It can happen with using some NLP on yourself or some hypnosis on yourself. But you really have to rewire yourself. And it doesn't happen in the moment. It's not something you catch in the moment. It's something that you work on and you reprogram yourself for that success. For some people, it can be a bit of a process. So I don't really have a quick fix for that one, but it is something that if people realize they have, they should seek out the, the services of a hypnotherapist, NLP practitioner, or just start with your family doctor and say, hey, maybe I need a referral to a psychologist or a, a therapist so I can work with and start to unpack and uncover some of these deeper issues that are driving this.
Good point. A quick question. You might not know the answer to this because this would be really variable. You mentioned the word rewire. And I'm a believer that we all need to be rewired in certain aspects of our life, certain beliefs that we have about success, wealth, money, relationships, about weight. Can you give us an average time? I mean, because people want to be rewired in an hour, right? <laughs> and it's not that fast. Is there an average time that people can expect for, to really get back on track? Well, yeah, that does vary. It's extremely multifactorial. The factors include sometimes a person's age, which, of course, determines how much experience they've had, how long they've been in that rut their backgrounds, their openness to change and that kind of thing, their motivation for change. The average would be a little difficult to calculate. But what I recommend, for example, I have hypnosis recordings and I recommend listening to them for 21 nights in a row to reprogram yourself. So on average, I have found that when someone uses a hypnosis recording, that's what they can expect. They can expect that if it's going to work, it's going to happen somewhere within three weeks. Now, if you start to look at talk therapy, those averages usually go up because it's a slower process. It's once a week and it can go on for years. I'm not putting talk therapy down. I'm just saying because of the different approach, the average time that it takes tends to be a little longer. I've also seen NLP techniques that are used that in the moment at least seem to change someone. I haven't seen too much data on the the long-term effects of those. They do what's called an ecology test in the moment to see if it worked, but that's not really something that's going to predict how it's going to perform over months and years. Good point. I think the message there is patience. If it's taken you 20 years to gain 50 pounds, <laughs> you're not going to lose it overnight, and that's true with your mindset and your beliefs. Hopefully be faster than that to take care of it, but it is something that we need to have patient with. So that's a great point. Good information. So is there anything we miss that our listeners really need to know for their success or future to influence that you want to share with them? Well, I always like to leave people with this, which is a, a quote from the song by the musical group America. And it's about the wizard of Oz. And it says, Oz never did give nothing to the tin man that he didn't, didn't already have. And the takeaway from that is, you know, hypnosis and NLP and therapy are really going to help you a lot, but they're not going to give you anything you didn't already have. They're just going to call out that greater part of you, that amazing, beautiful, awesome part of you, which is already in there. So I think people need to realize that although they may need a kick in the butt every now and then with hypnosis, NLP, therapy, or anything like that, those are just tools that help you reach in and find out how amazing you already are. Great point. Thanks for sharing. Good information. We really appreciate you being on the show and sharing this. It's valuable. You can call it self-persuasion, NLP, hypnosis. Those are things that can be very beneficial because we always say if you can't persuade yourself, it's very difficult to persuade other people. Right. And that's a big focus of ours and what we want to work on. And, and NLP and hypnosis can be a big help if that's something that you're struggling with. So where can our listeners get more information about you and this topic and how to make some changes in their well, life? Well, I actually have a free hypnosis recording they can get to contact and, and get in touch with what I call their inner millionaire, which is that part of you that has that amazing ability. And that's available at no charge at my website, which is stevegjones.com. Perfect. You're right there, stevegjones.com. Go there, get your information, get the free audio. Dr. Steve, really appreciate your time and the information sharing with the listeners. I know our listeners appreciate it. Hopefully, you've enjoyed your time here, and then we can have you back on the show Anytime, someday. Kurt. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Well, I think that'll do it for today, everybody. We appreciate you listening to the show. Remember, follow us at Influence Max on Twitter or on Facebook. Subscribe to the show through iTunes or just check it out directly at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. 
We'll catch you next week on another episode. Have a good one. Take care and see you next week. <laughs>